0: Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am very excited to be chatting about the Denver Nuggets and about an actual game. We get to have some fun. We get to chat about a very fun uh, moment in time where it may or may not ever happen again. It It was a surreal moment for sure. It was an awesome experience for sure. And I hope everybody is enjoying this moment as much as I did. Because, I mean, how could you not? How could you not at this point? Uh, The Denver Nuggets, of course, they beat the Los Angeles Lakers tonight uh, on ring night. They beat them 119 to 107. I'll take you through the game just a little bit. Uh, But I do want to focus more on kind of the moment and focus more on what it meant for a lot of people, Jamal Murray, uh, Nicole Jokic in, in Nicole Jokic fashion did not say too much about uh, about how much this this meant for him. But uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, trying something new, <laughs> trying, uh, trying the mustache out, we'll see if that's uh, we'll see if that's a good look that I that I try to keep going forward. But uh, hope everybody had a great viewing experience of tonight's game and i hope uh i hope everybody was satisfied with the the actual performance so i mean here's here's one uh here's one uh sort of aspect of this game that i wanted to make sure to put front and center on my thumbnail because i thought that that would get the most clicks absolutely um yeah that happened tonight that was a and let me tell you it was loud in the arena when the nuggets were nuggets fans were screaming who's your daddy At the Lakers, it was unbelievable, (laughs) Uh, but we had we had a great time uh, to kind of for posterity's sake. Let me let me take you through what the day looked like today Um, and then just we'll we'll get into the game and, and more of that in the second and third segment. But I woke up today, I had a meeting at Mile High Sports and we talked about Denver Stiffs and if you know me, Denver Stiffs was a big deal for me. Denver Stiffs is coming back, it is being revived, and we have Zach, M- Zach Mikash, who many of you might be familiar with, running Denver Stiffs again with help from myself, Andy Feinstein, uh, Jeff Morton, Doug Otwell, Nate Lundy, Anilo Pirro. We've got a whole crew that is going to be helping out restart Denver Stiffs. And I wanted to start with that because it was a really interesting moment thinking about the Nostalgia factor, and most of the nostalgia factor that the Nuggets have comes from losing to the Lakers. It just does like that's that's what the history has been about. So when Nuggets fans tonight cheer who's your daddy at the Lakers, and when so many fans like get behind this team as strongly as they do and are crowing as much as they are at the Lakers, it's not a surprise to me it's just not though like me me kind of. I I felt that earlier in today and it's sort of like this this had a strong feeling for a lot of Nuggets fans. And I was talking to Matt Moore about it at the arena and he he said, no, this is just any other game, especially tonight, ring night. It's not about wins or losses. But for Nuggets fans, I think they felt differently. I think this one with the anticipation, with all the talking and with uh, Lakers fans, especially being super mad about how things went down. I think Nuggets fans and the Nuggets are just fantastic. Like, they're going to be fantastic. Um, Evan, uh, am I going to have to undelete the Denver Stiffs podcast? No, Denver Stiffs show is still going with Zach Mikosh and Gordon Gross. It is a a thing that they have resuscitated, and I am very excited that they have. So make sure to go check it out. Those guys, they do fantastic work, and they're my friends. So make sure to check that out for sure. Um, but that was kind of the, the intro for me today. And then I get to the arena. I pick up, uh, Swypa. Uh, he and I are working at mile high sports along with the Nilo and we're doing some really good work for the site there. And we've got a lot going, I think for mile high sports right now. And it's just a really, really cool day to be able to enter the building, feel like you hadn't even like it hadn't been a few days since the NBA Finals happened, basically. And that was the sentiment shared around the media rooms. is that it felt like we were just here. And that's what happens when you win the title, and especially when you win the title on your home floor. Short summer, but Denver had to turn the page, but they didn't have to turn the page until the rings. They didn't have to turn the page until the banners. And the announcement that Vic Lombardi did at the beginning was awesome. I thought he did a great job of setting the tone for how Nuggets fans felt thought he did a good job of setting the tone for what people were expecting. And I was blown away by the fan reception and how into it everybody was. Uh, One of the points that we made was that there are so few Lakers fans in the building. There were so few of them. It was just massive amounts of Nuggets fans. And yes, there were some Lakers fans here or there because they travel really well. But it was a Nuggets event. And it felt that way. And it, with as rowdy as the crowd was, uh, Snow Wolf says, uh, he says, I went to the or he, he or she, I went to the game. It was so rowdy. I was in the last row and people were going nuts. Fantastic. It felt that way throughout the arena. And the place was rocking. And, and when Michael Malone says, you want to get another one to the crowd when when uh, talking about rings and talking about banners and, and stuff like that. Obviously, everybody's going to go wild, but everybody going wild for KCP and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. Michael Porter got a strong ovation. I was surprised by that, but I was very happy about it because he was a big deal and a big con- uh, contributor to what Denver did last year. And then, Yoke, it's just just the, the building gets the top popped off of it when when he walks down there and. And. Everybody's super happy, and then the banner goes up, and it was a a really, really cool moment that I just wanted to take some time for uh to be able to talk about that because the like Vic being the one to also give the address and then who's your daddy being said at the end of the game. Very poetic justice. A very, very poetic moment, and I think all Nuggets fans really appreciated, it. Really appreciated the leaning into, yes, we are fans of the Nuggets. We are never going to be fans of the Lakers. We're never going to be in that manner. We're not going to behave like it either. Like we're going to behave like Nuggets fans and we're going to be proud of that. And that was a very, very cool sign. And, and a sign that I think this fan base is evolving and growing up as the team has really shifted. And at being able to watch that banner go up to the rafters, I asked Jamal Murray about that, I asked Nikola Jokic about that what like what their feelings and thoughts were while watching the banner go up there. Jamal had a much more eloquent answer than Nikola did of course, but Jamal basically said he was he what he was thinking about other champions. He was thinking about the Boston Celtics and the San Antonio Spurs and all the moments that those great teams that he had previously watched those banners go up for at the beginning of seasons he was thinking about those moments and i thought that was a pretty cool full circle moment for him and he was very introspective he said he got more emotional when watching the video which uh, that's cool and i'm i'm glad to see it because you get to see the visuals you get to see the moments again and it was probably a, a cool thing for him to relive for joker i mean joker's joker you, you just never know what you're going to get with him and and he was very um like he 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 was he made the joking answer hey hey nicola uh, what were you thinking about when, when the banner was going up to the rafters? And he says that we only have eight minutes to warm up instead of 15. Okay, dude. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think Nikola used those eight minutes pretty well because he uh, he had himself a game after this was all said and done. But it, it was a really cool moment. I wanted to share that at the beginning. Nuggets fans, you did yourselves proud in that arena. It was rocking the entire night, and the energy was on 10. Everybody was so happy, and the Nuggets gave you reasons to cheer, and that's the most important thing. Uh, Wins are great, and, and there are plenty of times that they'll be able to celebrate wins in this season going forward, but I'm glad that the place was full when the ring ceremony happened, because the players felt that special energy, and Jamal said it propelled them into the first quarter. And that was just a, like, I think you did your job if you're a fan and you should feel proud of it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to chat about the game. We're going to chat about what happened tonight for the Denver Nuggets on the court. But first, everybody, as you know, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Uh, Why would you bet with the big boys this season, whether it's football or basketball? Why not try your hand with the local book Superbook Sports this fall? Superbook Sports is the book next door. They are just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. You just have to make sure to use that promo code, mile High. Make sure to use that promo code, bet with the best, mile High this football or basketball season with Superbook Sports. This is superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. And we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you're listening live, you're a sicko like me. Congratulations! I, I figured that there would be people buzzing, and and I wanted to be able to go live after this one just just for. Uh, we'll, we'll see how often I am going live. I'll probably go live after most games, but there will be some times where I just decide, hey, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna record it and then post it in the morning, or I'll just record in the morning because like it. Sometimes it's gonna happen that way. But uh, if you are up live, hit that like button, or if you're listening. Uh, Make sure to rate review and subscribe to the show. Really appreciate it. It helps spread the word. I was actually talking to somebody at the arena today and they asked me what podcast I was doing. I searched pickaxe and roll on their phone and and they found it very fast. Like it, it popped up first and foremost, pickaxe and roll. And so the reason why I can do that is because of the ratings and reviews. So as those are positive, and if people have a good reception for that, it helps more people find the show. So It does help me out tremendously. All right, back at it. Let's now chat about the game. Let's chat about what actually happened. I've put that off long enough, uh, but there's a reason for it for obvious reasons. Um, The Nuggets were really good. They were really, really good. I could go through all of the stat lines. I'm not going to do that fully, but I think I should go through the Nikola Jokic stat line for obvious reasons. Nikola 36 minutes, goes for 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. Uh, 12 of 22 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 2 of 4 from the line. Uh, I predicted on this podcast with Matt Brooks last night that I thought that Jokic would go for 40, 15, and 15. So I think he disappointed in my expectations. But for everybody else, you can have your good game. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Jokic was fantastic, and he absolutely deserves a ton of credit for bringing the A game immediately. And it was very very clear I am very excited about um I'm very excited about what the season is going to look like for Joker. Like he just looks very locked in and and this was I think a, an extension of that where yeah, sometimes he'll he'll play the regular season opener and he'll play it really well. He's done it several times before. Sometimes he'll kind of ease himself into it depending on what the situation calls for. Tonight he went right at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had 17 points on 17 shots. Joker defended him extremely better in the second half. Anthony Davis had zero points in the second half. And Joker just never stopped. Like he had, I think, I think he had 19 points at half, but he didn't have as many assists. I think he only had two. Then he had 10 points and nine assists in the second half because he's a sicko. And uh, that dude just he, he knows how to generate great shots. And the Nugget's starters are so good that he's able to kind of pick and choose his spots because there are so many threats around. And I, I think I, I wrote a salient point in my article today that if you're if you're looking for a different, like like another medium to be able to read the read stories and whatnot, uh, this is one. I here's here's what I wrote. It's the ability of the starters to attack teams from all angles that truly affect the game in a positive way for the Nuggets. Jokic captains things at the top of the key, and the Nuggets run so many actions that take so much attention that there's often a wide-open cutter, space, or or lane for Jokic to exploit, uh, exploit. And Jokic simply doesn't miss those opportunities. He is on another level. And another thing that I wrote in the story was that the Lakers just don't have an answer for Jokic and no matter what they do, no matter how much talent they bring in, how much offense they have, they are never going to be able to slow down Joker. And the only criticism that I can have of Joker's game tonight was that in the brief time that Anthony Davis was off the floor at the end of the second quarter, Joker didn't take advantage of that as much as he should have. There there were shots that rolled off the rim. It happens. It's a it's not a big deal. Uh but he could have been even better tonight. He could have gone for 35, 20, and 10 if he wanted to. And I, I think he will at some point this year. And I think if the Nuggets needed him to do that tonight, he would have done it because that's just what he's capable of. Uh, but it is very interesting to see how the Lakers, uh, their their additions were talked up because they're the Lakers. Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince. Torian Prince was good tonight. I thought he was, thought he was pretty solid for them. Uh, but in general... They just don't have an answer for Denver starters because the guys that they brought in are fringe bench guys and then marginal rotation players and guys like that. They are not massively effective players that can stand up to Denver's best. And Denver's best is just too good, at least at this stage. Maybe the Lakers make a midseason move and, and improve upon that, but I just don't think that their best... Is going to match what Denver's best will ever be. And that is a, like, I mean, it's why they got swept. It's why Denver was able to rise to the occasion in each of those playoff moments because they knew that their best would get them through, even if they didn't play perfectly up until that point. So it is very interesting to track, and, and we'll be able to track it throughout the year. But uh, that's just a, a point that I had for my story. Uh, Jamal Murray, let's talk about him real quick. 21 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 6 assists. He staggered with the second unit. I guess I'll talk about the second unit in the third segment. We'll we'll, we'll table that for a little bit. Uh, but with the starting group, Jamal was fantastic. He set the table really well. When he had the ball, Joker was able to get downhill and make decisions off the short roll. When Jokic had the ball, Murray and KCP were running this split cut action in that fourth quarter, where basically jokers at the elbow one of the elbows mostly the left elbow but sometimes the right and then they will come together murray and kcp and then they'll split they will split apart one of them will go towards the baseline one of them will go towards the three-point line one of them might go for a curl one of them might go for a flare and those guys will find space on the floor for denver to exploit the the holes in the lakers defense and kcp had a great night doing that tonight too Murray, 21.6 assists, one turnover, only a plus three because he was kind of in some bench configurations that weren't perfect. Uh, But KCP, let's talk about him. He got the DPOG chain and absolutely deserved it. 20 points and 36 minutes, eight of 12 from the field, two of three from three, two of two from the line, two rebounds, one assist, three steals and a block. I mean, come on, man. That's that's disgusting. And D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves on the other end? 4 of twelve, four of 11. Like, not as efficient, not as effective as they probably could be. Austin Reeves tonight was a minus 14 in a game the Lakers lost by 12. Gabe Vincent was a minus 17. The Nuggets' size and their physicality, it made quick work of the Lakers' backcourt. That's one thing. Like, the Lakers' frontcourt gets a lot of the attention for obvious reasons. You've got LeBron and AD there, but they also added Torian Prince and... Christian Wood and the Rui Hachimura adjustment. Uh, by the way, the Rui Hachimura adjustment is that Rui's just not going to make any more shots. He was open on a lot of them and bricked a lot of them. That was uh, that was quite the the shocker. I thought he was going to make more, and he just he just missed. He just missed tonight. It was interesting. Uh, but obviously, the front court for the Lakers gets a lot of the attention. But the back court right now is a combination of Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. Gabe Vincent and Cam Reddish. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And Cam Reddish was a guy that they brought in to guard Jamal a lot of the time, be a big physical wing defender. And he's okay at that. He's fine. He's, he's, when he's locked in, he's good. But it just isn't good enough. Like that quartet right there Russell, Reeves, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish. That is not good enough. And if, if the Lakers are going to make a, If they're going to make a move against the Nuggets, I wonder if the better, more valuable thing that they could do is add a better point of attack defender against Jamal. Jared Vanderbilt's not doing that. He's a guy that missed tonight. Max Christie's not doing that for them. That's not something that's happening. They just don't have answers against the Nuggets because they can't slow them down. And their offensive guys in LeBron, Russell, Reeves, Davis, Prince, like Prince was good. But they just don't have enough in the tank in order to keep up with Denver's pace. And that's like, unless they go even more offense than that, which I don't think that they should do, then they're just never going to be able to keep up. So Denver starters, hard for any team to keep up with Denver starters, obviously. Uh, Michael Porter, I want to make special mention of him and then Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter got a shout out from coach tonight, 30 minutes tonight in his Debut. This was the first live minutes that he's played since the finals last year. Uh, twelve points, twelve rebounds, two assists, two steals, plus twelve in Porter's thirty minutes. He did not shoot the ball well. He missed seven threes. He did everything else pretty well. Didn't turn the ball over. Made pretty good decisions with the basketball and made pretty good decisions on defense. And that was what stood out to me tonight. Was that there were a lot of good rotations for Michael Porter. A lot of good rotations where in the moment. Sometimes you don't expect that from him and he did it and he delivered. And now I think the bar is just going to have to go up for him. It can't just be, he played good defense. It's now going to have to be, he needs to play great defense and he has the capability to do that. Like I thought that there was a play that Reeves had where turned the ball over. Like he's a low mistake player. Reeves is, but he turned the ball over because Porter just blocked off the entire passing lane because he's six ten with long arms. Like, there was no place for Reeves to get the ball through, and and Porter, because he was in the right place and because he's huge, uh, he made a great play on the on the ball. And there are there are moments like that that I think he can do more with. Uh, he can do some shot blocking a little bit more. But I mean, twelve rebounds—that's a great sign. Ten defensive rebounds in a night where Denver really struggled on the on the defensive glass a little bit at times. Porter was not the reason why. Porter was very very good. And he had to fight off Reeves a lot for him crashing through, and Reeves made some crazy plays. But I do think that Porter deserves a lot of credit. And then finally, with the starters, Aaron Gordon. Aaron was fun to watch. He was good. Fifteen points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. Versatile. Hit a sh- hit a shot clock buzzer at uh, from a three pointer over LeBron, where LeBron basically gave up the open three late in the shot clock, and that's how I kind of know that LeBron probably doesn't have as much in the tank anymore as he, as he used to for obvious reasons. He's in his age 21 season. Uh, his, uh, not age 21, his uh, his year 21 season, age like 38 or 39. Um, but Aaron Gordon, 35 minutes tonight, athletic as hell. Looked in great shape and jumped out of the gym on that lob from Murray. Uh, Murray actually took the took the blame on that one. He said it was a bad pass and that Aaron made a great adjustment in the air, threw that thing down, and it looked fantastic. It really did. So gotta love it. Uh, the, the starting group is awesome. They are versatile. They are deep. They have a variety of ways that they can kill you, and they killed the Lakers tonight when they needed to. There were times where I think they they... Fell off the gas a little bit, and they lost a little bit of focus. And the Lakers capitalized on those moments. But those were few and far between because the Nuggets were too good. Take a final break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the bench and the first bench lineup of the season. Uh, We will be right back. But first, this message from Good Morning Broncos. Broncos airs every Monday through Friday on 9 a.m. on the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to go check it out. Uh, Cody worked does a fantastic job, and they've got, got a win to talk about this week, so might as well go over there and hang out and, and chat about it. Um, really always appreciate Cody. Cody's really good at what he does. Um, all right, let's now transition into the bench. Let's talk about the bench lineup and what I think was... A look towards uh, what what could happen going forward. So Murray staggers. I mentioned this before. Murray staggers with the second unit. But the first guy off the bench was Reggie Jackson. And the reason for that was to allow the Murray stagger. This is what happened with Bruce Brown last year. Denver needs somebody who can be a pseudo point guard or just a point guard with the team. And while well, Jokic is going to do a lot of the handling with the, with the starters, obviously, when Murray's out there. Still need a guy to bring the ball up the floor. Still need a guy to run some pick and roll. And Reggie was the guy that they called for. And tonight, I thought he did okay. I thought he was fine. There there wasn't anything too special uh, out of Reggie's night, but he had eight points and was a plus 11 in his 24 minutes, which means to me that the minutes where he was on the floor with the starters, that was a good kind of reprisal of what Bruce Brown did. And stalking and with Matt tonight at the game, Those were one of the minutes that I think uh, that Matt was worried about Uh, the end of the first, the end of the third, when that's when Bruce Brown would usually shine. He would come in for Murray and Denver wouldn't lose anything because those lineups are so good. Christian Brown's not ready to fill that kind of version yet, but Reggie Jackson, if he's coming in and uh, just kind of handling business, making sure kind of set up, set up Jokic, set up Porter and Gordon and guys like that, then get out of the way perfectly fine. And also like KCP, 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Like he was a guy who in those kind of staggered minutes without Murray, he took on a little bit more of that ball handling responsibility. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but either way, let's go more bench focused. It was Reggie Jackson, Jamal Murray, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. That was the group that they went with. And I don't have the plus minus on that bench unit right now, but I'm sure it was about net neutral. I'm sure it was fine, not great. And the reason for that, and the reason why I'm not surprised, because LeBron was staggering with the second unit. Le- LeBron was a a matchup issue. And I'm not surprised that Peyton Watson, like he only played, I think, three minutes in the second half. Or he played four minutes. Because they needed Aaron Gordon and his size to match up with uh, somebody like LeBron and LeBron still got his. He was still very good in this game, actually, uh, despite hitting the side of the backboard, getting blocked by Christian Brown and and tripping over Reggie Jackson's foot and falling to the floor on a crossover. Um, LeBron was a plus seven in the game that the Lakers lost by 12. And what that says to me is that in those moments, especially with that bench stagger, the Lakers found something good that they liked. And the Nuggets are still going to have to figure that out. Now, I kind of predicted that Aaron Gordon would play a heavier minute load tonight for that reason. And in a playoff series, you know that Aaron's going to mirror LeBron's minutes anyway. However, if the other team doesn't have a six foot nine behemoth that has to stagger with the second unit and can kind of run over people, I still think that Denver's going to go with this lineup that they used Reggie, Jamal, Christian, Peyton, Zeke. I think Malone likes the defense of that group. I think Malone likes the switchability of that group. And I think it simplifies a lot of what they want to do. When you have a guy like Peyton Watson, who could fly in from the weak side and get a, an awesome block like he had tonight, that's a, a big help. When you have a guy like Zeke Naji who can switch everything on the perimeter and at least put up a, a really solid defensive possession as a switch center. Uh, being like guarding on an island. He guarded on an island so many times tonight and was clearly like that was part of the game plan for the Lakers was they were going to hunt that switch and I thought he did okay, thought he was fine. There, there wasn't anything wrong with it and I think the actual numbers will probably bear that out. The problem that Denver's going to run into, especially when they played the other four next to Zeke, is that when you're switching Smalls onto Bigs, then those guys have to rebound. Murray tonight, only two boards. Peyton Watson, zero. Reggie Jackson, three. Christian Brown, three. That group as a unit is going to have to rebound better. Rui Hachimura had two offensive rebounds. Christian Wood had one. Cam Reddish had two. Gabe Vincent had one. Austin Reeves had four in the starting lineup, but some of those came against bench guys. So there are issues with the rebounding, and Denver's going to have to figure that out. Somebody is going to have to take charge of that My guess is it will be Murray and Christian. I think that those are the two best rebounders of that group. But Peyton Watson, you're going to play the four. Can't grab zero rebounds. Got to do better than that. Got to be more involved. And he had a nice block. He had a three in the first half, first quarter, one of those two. And I think that there's still something that he's going to have to learn. But he was a plus one tonight in his 11 minutes. Denver was fine. They did not lose the minutes. The only guy who was a minus tonight was Zeke and that's because he doesn't play with Nikola Jokic. So hard to really blame. I think that this rotation makes sense. Unfortunately, Justin Holl- or, uh, Julian Strother didn't get in there. Justin Holliday also didn't get in there, but I don't think people are as worried about that one. Uh, but it is interesting to think about what Denver decided to go with and, and how they decided to approach it. Um, they wanted to win, and in that fourth quarter, when the game got kind of close, beginning of the fourth quarter, Malone knows that LeBron's going to be out there, so he goes with Aaron Gordon in place of Peyton Watson. That is going to be a bellwether for this season. There were also some MPJ at the four minutes, I want to say in the third quarter. Um, no, it was actually in the fourth quarter. So the rotation basically went uh, with that uh, Reggie, Jamal, Christian, Aaron Gordon, Zeke Nagy. That's That's the group that started the fourth. And then there was a, a brief time where Gordon and Murray both left the floor and Reggie and Christian stayed on. And then you had KCP, MPJ, Jokic back out there and MPJ was the four. And when MPJ is the four, that's when the rebounding matters. And so I think that that's going to be something that's going to be something I'm monitoring. Might not be a bad idea to think about starting or staggering Aaron or, case, or uh, Michael Porter. One of those two. You've got a six foot 10 Michael Porter who could play the four you've got a 6 foot 8 Aaron Gordon who's got a big body and and just makes sense as a backline secondary defender on the second unit. You don't want to overburden those guys, but I hope throughout the season that Michael Malone kind of deploys that a little bit because it might allow Jamal not to have to stagger. Reggie could run that first unit or he could run that pick and roll reasonably with a Michael Porter pick and pop. He could run it with a Zeke Naji pick and roll. Julian Strother could be on the floor at that point and space the floor a little bit. Reggie, Christian, Michael Porter, Julian Strother, Zeke Nagy. That seems like a pretty good five to me. Uh, They have options there. Peyton Watson's still somebody that they're going to try to develop. They're going to try to get him out there. I am a little bit skeptical of what the role is going to look like, because I think he and Christian basically play the exact same role on the second unit. And that is going to be one that I'm 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 trying to figure out. So now, obviously, they didn't have to play together in the in the preseason. So we might have even seen this and seen what it actually looks like in the preseason a little bit had they played together. Be that as it may, one of those guys is going to have to shoot. Peyton took the threes tonight. He was one of three, but I'm glad that he took them. Christian Brown only took one. He was kind of a he was kind of nervous to not nervous. That's the wrong word, but just like a little bit tentative when it comes to wanting to look for his own shots, being this the first game that he's back from the injury. I talked to him in the locker room a little bit. Um, But, like, I think that as he gets back into the flow of things, as Mike gets back into the flow of things and starts hitting more shots, Denver, like, their rotation is going to be pretty rock solid because the options are go back to Jokic, go back to Murray. And I just think that Murray's going to be a little bit better at propping up some of those units. And we'll find out. We'll find out what it looks like. But they'll have a nice test on Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies. And that should be very interesting, even if it's without John Morant and Steven Adams, that Memphis team should still be pretty good. And I am very curious to see how they handle themselves. But folks, I think that's going to do it. Midnight now. Um, Went for about 30 minutes, 30, 33 minutes or so. I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. Make sure to tune into the future episodes. I'm going to be doing some live, uh, not, not live content, but recorded content in person with Swiper over the course of these next couple of days. He's going to be around in Denver for a little bit, and I'm very excited about that. Make sure to check out the alley-oop. I recorded an episode with my little brother, Ross. And that was a very, very fun episode to record. Audio version, probably better than the video version. I know the camera here looks pretty good. Camera in that one did not look so good. So uh, hopefully uh, hopefully the audio version treats you better. But uh, check out the alley-oop. Check out other episodes of Pickaxe and Roll and make sure to subscribe to both channels. Really appreciate all the love. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight's. I will talk to you guys very soon.